the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Date Day edition of the program. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. But you don't care about that because Paula is also sitting here next to me in the studio. But this is the day that we can take calls on anything and everything. Ladies, especially for you, all you have to do is call us, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And remember, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen. Everything else is hands-free and safe. You'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the program again. Yep, it's Thursday. Here she is. I always like it when you say, and Paula will be live in studio um, with us tomorrow. Pretty much that's the only way I could be here, other than if I died first and you you had me uh, taxidermied and if, brought me in. like. Then I say, Paula is dead in studio with me, but she's cute. <laughs> Permanently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, What's on your heart today? Well, I just was going to announce that on this coming Monday, uh, the ladies' Bible study will start the book of Philippians. And I'll be teaching it, so everybody pray. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> we're starting the book of Philippians. And chapter then, one is the, the chapter I, I memorized. Okay, it's a great chapter. Okay, let's hear it. Go ahead. Oh, I'd have to get a cue. <laughs> that was I was a young man then. <laughs> and then Pastor Ken is going to be finishing up Acts twenty-eight, and then he'll he'll start in Romans. So, um, but anyway, yeah. So I was thinking, you keep talking about. Well, the Bible, because that's where you are, where we need to humble ourselves, unlike Belshazzar last night. Um, you know, his his dad, grandfather, had um, had his seven years, you know, in the fields with talons and, <laughs> and, and feathers and the whole bit and, until he... It ate like a ate like cow. Yeah. I mean, he just yeah. it, 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 chapter four is a remarkable chapter in our Bibles. It's it's Nebuchadnezzar's testimony, mm-hmm. and when I say humble yourself, uh, or God will humble you if you don't, mm-hmm. uh, that's what I mean. And we we just don't listen to that. You know, we think, oh no, I got this under control. Mm-hmm. But uh, Nebuchadnezzar <laughs> he learned the lesson, and unfortunately, Belshazzar, his grandson, did not learn the lesson. Um, that that uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar tried to teach him. So uh, his comeuppance came last night. Mm. Yeah, and and all of us, you know, that's scary. All of us will get our comeuppance if we if we don't take heed to it. And so the humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that He doesn't have to. And you know, I was thinking, uh, 
for us in this time, as you keep telling Calvary Chapel San Antonio, uh, there needs to be an urgency because the time is short. We're in the last moments of the last days, and so we need to be about our Father's business as Jesus was. But um, I was thinking humbling ourselves, you know, as we go around in this world and so many things and so many people are just kind of irritating, um, and yet Jesus loves them all. And so it's like, okay, Lord, what do you want from me today? How, you know, we pray, make me more like you, Jesus, make me more like you. Well, he is love, and he loves everybody, even those most despicable ones like Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, just, you talk about a vile and evil man, um, and yet Jesus loved him so much, he made provision for him. He put him in that Acts um, 17, 26 spot, you know, where he's out as an animal. And why did it take him seven years? That must have been one stubborn, well, hard that, guy. That, that was just a judgment. The judgment was seven years. Okay. So his rebellion. You, you know, Paula, when you said that a moment ago, it, it kind of shook me to my core. You said, said uh, as violent and evil as he was, God loved him. Mm-hmm. And and you know what we have to to understand Nebuchadnezzar doesn't mean a lot to us. You know I I've studied him a lot, and so mm-hmm. I know the horrible, evil things that he did. But what that means is that God loved Hitler that much. Yeah. Uh, God loved Pol Pot that much. God loved all of these people that have have caused so much difficulty and so much pain. And um, um, you know God is in the process of humbling those that He can. Uh, but but you know the the contrast between chapters four and five in Daniel, um, God loved Nebuchadnezzar and gave him a second chance. It cost him seven years of being like an animal, wild mm-hmm. animal. Mm-hmm. But but when he pronounced judgment on Belshazzar, it's been decreed. It's done. You're finished. And and there was no time. And it just shows you how hard Belshazzar's heart had become. And. Um, um, you know, I, I said to the church last night in the Bible study that, that the problem from our end is that we never know when we're going to cross that line. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where oh, God's grace will reach out. There's always time. Or have we crossed that line where our hearts are so hard that we can no longer hear the Spirit of God? We can no longer, we have no longer any interest in the things of God. And And from Earth's perspective, not knowing where that line is, I'm afraid in these last days there's a whole bunch of Christians who are right at that line and still uh, refusing to humble themselves and surrender to God. And I think as we get closer to the very last moment, Mm -hmm. um, that instant judgment is going to fall on a lot of people who otherwise think they're okay. Well, I've got time. Uh, And the point is we don't have time you know you know we have people every church does where you know we're still coming to church with our boyfriend and our girlfriend that we're fooling around with having sex with and still coming to church and saying yeah i'm a christian um you 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 can tell some nights or some days when you're speaking and you're talking to not just men but mainly you know they're involved in pornography and or they're they're abusive to their wife or the, and their children um, whether it's with their language or with their fists and yet we're sitting in church um, and, and the fact that God looks down from heaven and sees all of these things you know um, man I, I, mean, I just there's been some people who've been coming to church for a lot of years and they finally got to that place of you know what I'm not really born again because you say this all the time if you really meet my Jesus you change and um, you know that my my kind of my my title today is humble yourselves you know yesterday I was out on my walk with the Lord because I go on a walk with the Lord now every day, pretty much. <laughs> I finally converted you after yeah. all these years. Yeah, yeah, you've done I'm like, what took me so long? But, you know, I, and I haven't been struggling with my allergies. I, I get a little bit of a headache. Now, when it's February, March, April, it might change because that mountain cedar 
really does get me. But right now, I've been doing great. And my tan, I'm looking, my tan is, <laughs> my tan is kicking. But, um, you know, I started thinking about some things in the, the scripture, such were some of you. Some of the things that I, I'm seeing and or I'm um, uh, counseling other ladies through, and they're telling me their story. I can't say, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you did that kind of thing. No, no, no. I was there, girl, back in the day. I know exactly what you're going through. I, but God, he can rescue you from that if you want to be rescued. He can change your attitude toward the things of this world to really be one who wants to please the Lord. Yeah, don't lose your train of thought, but but speaking of that, I was there back in the day. Did did you have any response, viscerally or otherwise, last night when I talked about drinking? No. No. I totally, um, you mean, it, it like, how dare you, or you don't know what you're talking about, or... No, no, just, or, just you know, uh, Belshazzar was, was at a drunken feast, mm-hmm. an orgy, mm-hmm. and, and I took time, it's not about... Daniel 5 is not about drinking, mm-hmm. but I took the time to say there's nothing good that happens when you drink, and you used to drink, and just yeah. because what I said is, why would we go back and do something that we've been rescued from? Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we met Jesus, we were delivered from that, mm-hmm. from the bondage to alcohol or, or drugs or whatever it was, yeah. and, and, and now I get people all the time on this program and people that come up to me in church who don't know me very well, mm-hmm. um, they'll, they'll say, well, well, what about drinking? I, I think drinking occasionally is okay. Mm-hmm. My, my answer is always, why would you want to do that when you were rescued from it? Why mm-hmm. would you want to put yourself in that place where you could be put under bondage to it again? Mm-hmm. And we've got this call going on. And the, well, come on, freedom, give grace. Mm-hmm. We've got freedom to do mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. But why would you want to use your freedom to do something that once you were under bondage to? And I was just wondering that, even as I was teaching last night, uh-huh. just wondering because you used to be under that bondage. Yeah. So what was your, your reaction? Yeah, No, I didn't really have a reaction other than I was in full agreement with you. But now that you bring that up, um, I was thinking, wow, yeah, I used to drink because I was afraid, you know, of how things were going to be when you got home. And so, um, just like I'm saying, when I've talked to other people, I can understand why you went that way. But God, he wants to deliver you from that. But it was non- nothing like, oh, man, yeah, I remember how good those days were. No, those days weren't good. Um, and the reason why I, I even began drinking Went all the way back to, you know, the doctor said for me to make enough breast milk back in the day, I needed to drink two beers. And I say this sometimes when I'm teaching the ladies. And I would have my nose, you know, because it just gagged me. And, you know, and uh, just like people told you, well, you'll get used to it. It was so foul in my mouth. And, uh, and I, I wasn't even thinking, well, I'll get used to it. All I was thinking of is it'll make, I'll be able to feed my baby, you know. Um, but then after a while, the bondage was, yeah. you get used to it, um, the, the mellowness of things. Um, and people would come over and say, you know, can I have one of your beers? This is how bad I got. Can I have one of your beers? Well, uh, I only got a six-pack. The liquor store is right down the street. Go get your own, basically, is what I was saying. But, yeah, I don't ever want to go back there. I don't ever want to go back. Where I'm depending on a substance to... Um, settle me down instead of counting on running into Jesus's arms. And now, do you, do you mind? And, and if you do, it's okay. Okay. But, but do you mind telling the story about the last drink you had? Uh, yes. Do I mind? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the story well. You had come home from Bible college, and this family, a husband and wife, had invited us over to dinner. Remember? Remember they had an emu farm. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. He had an emu farm, and so we went out there and saw these, there's the strangest looking birds ever, right? <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, I'm glad they're in a, in a cage field. Anyway, so they invited us to dinner. The dinner was really nice when, you know, before dessert, they offered a glass of wine, offered me a glass of wine, and, and I had it, already. It, interestingly, that was the, the day of the O.J. Simpson chase. 
Yes, it was. Because because it was on in the TV in the background. That's Everybody exactly. was glued to it in, mm-hmm. in Southern California. Yep. And we were there because they knew we were leaving to come to Texas. Mm-hmm. And it was just an opportunity to tell the, for them to say thank you and, mm-hmm. and just kind of bless us, they thought. Yes. yes. So they were blessing us, all right. <laughs> Dinner was great. And then they offered me this wine. And in my head, I know full well I'm not supposed to be drinking because the Lord had already told me not to. But I had stopped going to the liquor store myself. I had stopped going down the liquor aisle at the grocery store, you know, because it was a slow transition. <laughs> I didn't just go to the liquor store, you know. <laughs> and, then I, and then I went to the, to the liquor aisle trying to hide my stuff underneath the bread and the milk. Yeah. So here I'm at these people's house, and they offer this, this glass of wine. And I was like, you know how you have the picture of one angel on a shoulder and the devil on the other one <laughs> and I, it was it, that fight was going on you know it's on the shoulders but it's going through one ear to the other ear and back and forth so in my brain I'm having this fight so the, the, the Lord says you know I don't want you drinking and the, and, and the, the devil says you're free in Christ <laughs> <laughs> I said go ahead give me this and I knew I was wrong the whole time and yet here I am drinking this wine, but I'm not looking at you at all, at all, because I know full well this is wrong. And I'm, you know, talk about the Holy Spirit, you have self-control. And unfortunately, there are too many times when I say, I know I have it. I just don't want to use it right now. <laughs> and so I drank that glass of wine, and I think she came by and asked me if I wanted some more, and I let her pour it, right? Anyway, we get in the car. And, of course, the conviction. And I think maybe this is when I started loving conviction. Because <laughs> I know that the Holy Spirit, that, that the Lord loves me. i got a Father in heaven who loves me. And I, you didn't say anything. Did you say, did you say something? Not, we, I, we talked about it when we walked our dog afterwards. Oh, we got oh later. Okay, yeah. good. Because I don't remember any kind of conversation in the car with you at all. With myself? <laughs> yeah. What did you, why did, mm, you're such a rebel. Why did you do that? And um, so, yeah, that was probably, that was the last time that I can remember having any kind of alcohol. Yeah, we, we were taking our dog for a walk, and I said, Paula, you're a pastor's wife now. We're going to start a church. So, you know, we got to talk about that wine. And you sped up a little bit. I said, I knew I should have. I know, I knew I was in the wrong. But see, that's the thing we, we, when you said earlier at the program that we don't really understand the urgency of the hour yeah. spiritually. And um, if we really got it, why would we try to use our freedom to yeah. do things that we know are wrong? Now, yeah. I know uh, hundreds of people that say, well, well, I just enjoy a beer every now and then. Well, that's great. Mm-hmm. I enjoy a lot of things, mm-hmm. but, but there are things that I don't want to do. Why would I want to use my freedom um, when when Jesus rescued me from those things and the rest of my story ron is that the lord had told me before you are free in christ but i've called you to be the pastor's wife and i need you to put the drinking down because there's going to be people who drink and drive and they're going to have an accident there's other people who are going to call from the hospital and say, my, my son and my daughter, they've been hit by a drunk driver. Can you come and pray with us? And the Lord says, I won't be able to use you. What do you want to do? Because you're free in Christ to drink all you want to, Paul. But do you want to be used? That's, do you want to be used? And in these last days, boy, that's important. Let's take a break, Paul. We'll go to a phone call. We've got Loopy on line one from San Antonio. Loopy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. I uh, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. I just wanted to give uh, Paula a home remedy that works great, and it's with the Lord's resources for allergies. Okay. I did it for my husband. She had she, he was so allergic to uh, cedar, horribly. Mm-hmm. I mean, just deathly sick. And uh, I read in a home remedy book. To chew the honeycomb from local honey 
because you're taking in all the pollen and it builds up antibodies against the uh, pollen. And I did it for my husband and uh, within, I don't think, I, I did it like every other day or every day he would chew the honeycomb and then mm-hmm. you can either spit it out or you can eat it. It won't harm you. But um, he was cutting down cedar like within after a month of taking that. Uh, oh. And he didn't take it that uh he didn't take it like every day, every day. He would mm-hmm. do it from time to time. And uh, HEB has it. It's a Lone Star, and it's got a big honeycomb inside, and it's local. Thank okay. you, Lupe. Very kind of you. Appreciate yes. it very, very much. Uh, I'm glad you spoke kind of slowly because I was writing pretty much every word you said. Thank you so much, <laughs> Lupe. <laughs> Thank you, Lupe. Uh, let's go to Bolverde, and we've got Greg online, too. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey guys, I, I've been wanting to give y'all a call here uh, for a couple weeks now, and finally get a chance to give you a call. We kind of give y'all just a little bit of a praise report. Fast uh, run. I said, I said your office. Uh, it's probably been close to three years ago now, and um, I was going through a situation with my wife at the time, and she was quitting on me, and and they even gave me one of my. Pictures of us and your wall and pray mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. And so, long story short, um, uh, she did not return, although that was my prayer for quite some time that Lord either bring her back or bring someone into my life that I can finish life with. And said so a couple of years ago, now the Lord has kind of told me to write, make a list what you want to see in this woman so that when he brings her into my life, I'll know that she's from God. And, you know, I'm in my 50s, late 50s. And so I knew that that was not going to be a, you know, an easy list to fill at this stage of her life. Mm-hmm. But yet, he brought this amazing woman to my life. And oh, great. I prayed, I prayed, prayed over the list, and she doesn't just meet the list, she exceeds the list. <laughs> and... She actually had made her own list like seven, eight years ago, and she finds that I exceed her list. So (laughs) tell people, make a list and pray over it, and let God work. Greg, thank you. for. I I love the praise reports and the follow-up. You know, I think sometimes we're surprised when God answers our prayers and and gives us the desires of our heart. But that's what the psalmist promises. He said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart, because he's put those desires in. That's wonderful news, Greg. Thank you. Can you tell me your first name so I can pray for you guys? Uh, well, I'm, I'm Greg, and she's Catherine. Yeah. Okay, Catherine. I, I've got your first name. I just wanted her. Well, praise the Lord. I'll be able to, to, to thank God for that, and I will be praying for both of you, Greg. I'll take care. Uh-huh. Mm. Thanks very much. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Now we're inside about three minutes now for this half of the program, but we love your calls and questions and or questions at three four zero ninety five eighty five on the other side of the break. Paula? I know you said to keep that thought, but whatever it was, it's, it's gone. It, it didn't get tipped. <laughs> Yeah, it's not gonna get any better, you know. As we, as I, as not we, as I age, it's not gonna get any better. So, if you want to remember what I was talking about, okay, fine. But that's why I not, told you to remember. I know. I remember, know, I'm I know. the older partner in this yeah, yeah. relationship. But anyway, yeah. So the the urgency is is now, and the Lord wants to use us. Um, and so for me, maybe He's going to use me with people who drink or something and I'll be able to tell them <laughs> you can put that down baby because you you don't make the right decisions when when your mind's not right whether it's with alcohol or drugs you don't make the right decisions and so um, let me maybe I can help you with that stop going to the liquor store maybe that's the first step yeah. but you know if I if, if I maybe in the last minute and a half I can encourage people out there but 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 the things that you're free to do you're also free not to do 
And and if we would 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 have that view, God could use us to do a whole lot of things. Uh, you could have been drinking all these years and drinking moderately, and mm-hmm. there would have been no sin. Mm-hmm. But but imagine all the things that you would have been uh, unable to be used by the Lord, circumstances in people's lives, and the, the idea is He has so much more for us. Mm-hmm. And I think as we think about the urgency of these last hours. We've got to decide that, Lord, I want to be free and completely unencumbered. So whatever you ask, I'm available. I don't want you to have to go beyond me or around me to find somebody to do. I want to be your man or your woman. Mm-hmm. And um, I think sometimes, Paul, all we have to do is say, you know what, Jesus, what you have for me is so much better than anything this world has to offer. I'm simply going to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Every day under every circumstance. Yes. Uh, and there's no end to the opportunities for ministry that God will will provide for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as you're talking, I remember when we did the um, the North Hollywood ministry, and I remember one of the pastors saying that um, there was just like a really ugly, hard place. Criminals were in there. And people were saying, you can't go in there, you can't go in there. Remember that story? Yeah, Yeah. we'll get it on the other side, whatever you want to do with it, Paula. Hey, this is the second half coming up. The Word Center for Life, the Date Day Show, 340-9585. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half hour, 340-9585 for your questions and phone calls. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Paula, pick up where you left off. Okay. Oh, so, oh, oh wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm telling you, no, I've got a, I've got a phone call. We got Cindy on line one from Universal City. Cindy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Cindy. Cindy, you there? I could be trying to tell my crazy story, Cindy. Cindy, you gotta, if you're if you're there and trying to get through, you got a bad connection because we can't hear you yeah. at all. So Sorry. give it another try. The phone lines are empty at this point, so you have no trouble getting back by. Okay, Paula, once okay. you. Yes, sir. So what what I was talking about was the north. Went the time we went to North Hollywood, and um, there was a another story that came to my mind that was from Scotland. At, Kind of the same thing. I'm going to try to wrap this up. And um, the guy was saying, you know, um, there's this house over here and, and the police won't go in. And, you know, I need to go over there and tell the people about Jesus. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. But it is, how can I not go? And so while we were in North Hollywood, we saw some, um, like, witches and people who were just angry people. And... I'm thinking, wow, I'm here, but I don't want to be here. And, you know, the Lord's, we're talking about being used in these last days, urgent times, and lost, hurting, hungry, broken, needy, confused, but now the fearful and more spooky, the angry. You know, I, I want to be like a first responder, how they they run to the, the disaster. They run to the danger. Me, I'm still kind of like, well, I'm glad there's first responders and I'm not one. But, you know, that's that's my thinking. And yet the Lord's saying, no, no, no. I, I want you to be a first responder. Um, and so, uh, hands down, heart open. Okay, Lord, I want to, I want to be like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm in the fearful category. And so, um, Pray for me. <laughs> Paul, I think we got a family member online here. Lucy from Universal City on line one. Lucy, <laughs> thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello, hello. How are you? 
Hi, sweetie. How are you? I'm doing really well. I I'm listening to my favorite couple on on the radio, and I couldn't be better. <laughs> I love you. Um, I love you too, my twin. Um, That's right. I uh, I have a practical question, um, and I'm gonna try and see if I could just really phrase it the right way. Um, sometimes I I have need to explain to people the difference between having a pity party and sharing some concerns with someone that uh, that require a, a prayer. Like when they offer a prayer request, um, and uh, and we are listening. Sometimes um, when I'm hearing them in my flesh, in my in my own way of listening, I I think, wow, how can I encourage this person uh, not to have um, really. You know, just to to let it be uh, lifting up of a prayer request rather than just a complaining session, if I'm uh, making myself understood. So how how can I explain to someone the difference between those two things uh, where I can encourage them? to come up and ask for prayer and, and not to be afraid of feeling uh, judged or in, in any way uh, put down, but at the same time uh, wanting to correct the idea that, that uh, it's not for the purpose of bashing anyone else or or uh, making someone else the bad guy in the situation. Um, how can I listen with Jesus' ears and and share what He wants them to hear? And um, I I hope that was a clear enough question. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, makes perf- if that makes came perfect sense. Right. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, Lucy. No problem. Paul, why don't you take a shot at it first? Well, you know, at the prayer breakfast. And even when I'm teaching the ladies, I, I always tell them, you know, we're here to ask the Lord to help us. And if if I'm ever in a situation where somebody else starts bashing someone else, because I've learned over the years that that's almost like listening to gossip. Um, you know, I would say it's exactly like listening yeah, to gossip. Well, I'm trying to be nice. Um, but... We're not here to talk bad, especially if it's a wife talking about her husband. I always say this. You married him, you know. Um, and and now the Lord wants us to be the big cheerleader, encourager. But the more we let, and, and all the ladies in the leadership group know this, the pastor's wives, um, they all know this. Um, don't let them keep saying the same story over and over again. Don't. You're not in, you're not helping. We're not helping when we do that. Um, so I, I really kind of am getting to that place of stopping the person in their tracks, um, and so that we can talk about what their role is, yeah. asking God to help them in their role. Yeah, and Lucy, you're 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 such a prayer warrior. People will always come to you for prayer. So so here here's what I would suggest. I would suggest the moment you feel uncomfortable, you've got great discernment. Yep. The moment you feel that somebody is is looking for pity or sympathy rather than genuinely wanting to pray for someone or about someone, uh I, I think that's when you have to stop them and redirect. Um re- remember you can say you we're we're talking to Jesus right now. What do you want Jesus to do for this person? And and I think one of the things that we can we can where we can identify uh, prayer gone wrong is a prayer that's focused on Jesus is constructive. Um, pro, prayer that's focused on us is destructive, and um, you know all the attention comes to us. I think we just have to stop people. Just remember, Jesus is here, 
and we want to pray so he can answer our prayers. And so uh, how how would you ask Jesus to bless this person you're talking about? Or how would you ask Jesus to, to touch and heal this person that you, you've come to? I think it's one of those things we all know it when, we, when we're in the middle of it, when we're experiencing it. Um, generally speaking, it's a little harder to put your finger on. But I think all you got to do is when you're being used by the Lord to pray for people, um, you've got to redirect the prayers that are horizontal and, and make them vertical. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, we're no longer talking to men or about men. We're talking about Jesus. We're talking to Jesus and asking him to pour out his blessing on the people that we're praying for. I have actually, Lucy, had to ask people a couple of times, do you really want God to bless this person? Because it doesn't sound like it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we've got to look into our hearts. Thank you, Lucy. Great question. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, we've got Arabella and Terry on line two. I don't care about Terry, but Arabella's on line two. <laughs> the back seat here, and you were talking about forgetting things. Pastor Ron and Paula. And I forgot why I called. Hi, <laughs> Just kidding. Hi, Arabella. Well, Hi, Arabella. I, it's, it's, I'm going to put, put it on speaker so she can hear that, too. Okay. Hi, sweetie. Arabella, when I say hi to you, you're supposed to say hi back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we lost Maybe we lost them. Okay. Well, I know you're listening to the radio, Arabella. Thank you for calling. You are a delight. And make sure Terry's behaving himself. Yeah. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. Um, Paula, where do you want to go from here? You know that needing to explain, um, I want to... And another thing, too, sometimes when people uh, are asking for prayer, like you're saying, they're really kind of wanting to vent. And we who are the prayerers, um, we can easily say, okay, God knows all of this information. Let's just pray. And then you take over praying because, uh, yeah, we got a lot more people to minister to. And, and that question Jesus asks sometimes is, do you want to be made well? Yeah. Let's talk about that. Don't lose your I'm going to write it down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got Arabella back. Arabella and Terry, thanks for calling back, guys. You're on the air. Yeah, it was my fault. When I hung up, she goes, Papa, you hung up. I thought I was putting her on speaker. <laughs> That's another one. Hey, listen. Hi, Arabella. Uh, it's, say hi. Hey, hey, yeah. Nice to Tell them it's your birthday. It's my birthday. How old are you, 24? No, I'm six. I mean, I'm oh, seven. Oh, you're six. You're seven. Happy birthday, Arabella. Yes. She's and, seven. And it's my birthday, too, but my, my prayer is this, that she, whenever she meets someone, she asks them if they're a Christian, and she are you my Christian sister? So I just wanted you two, since you're both there on this special day, uh, uh, maybe can offer a prayer, a blessing for her um, this year knowing what she might be going through, and that would be special. That would be a delight. This is an opportunity to give a birthday gift um, that will keep on giving. Mm. Jesus, I ask you to touch Arabella's heart right now. Wrap your arms around her and let her know that there's never going to be a single moment of of any day where she's not going to be surrounded by your love. Bless her, Lord, with the fullness of, of your presence. Bless her with a wonderful plan that you have for her life. And continue to bless her, Lord, as she gets older and older and really wants to serve you. Mm-hmm. I also want to ask your blessings upon Terry. Mm-hmm. I'd forgotten that their birthdays were the same day. I remember now. And, uh, Lord, thank you for the, the parent he's been for Arabella. Bless them and continue to give him great health and strength. Amen. Thank you, guys. Happy birthday. Appreciate Thank it very, you so very much. much. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Okay, Paula, did you keep your train of thought? Oh, yes. Because oh. <laughs> I wrote it down. I was like, <laughs> what did I write? Yeah. Do you want to be made well? And a lot of times when we're talking to people, um, sometimes they don't know that they need to be made well. Um, and Actually, actually, and, and Jesus, when he phrased that question, 
people have to decide if they want to be well. And he can't do anything if they don't. But if they do, he'll do great things like he did with the the man at the pool of Bethesda. But you're right. That's the thing. Do you want to be made well? When we ask that question, people sometimes get upset with us. Well, you don't understand what I've been through. Well, what you've been through doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's from this point forward, let's let the healing touch of Jesus fix you. Yeah. My favorite, of course, again, is Joseph. He could have, the the list, he could have rehearsed his list forever. You probably would have if it was you, huh? I have. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, um, he could have rehearsed his list, and but he he decided. He said, nope, I can hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness all the rest of my life. What is that going to benefit me? How is that going to shine Jesus for anybody, everybody else? Um, And so he just said, I resolve. Yeah, you meant to hear me, and we can be real. Yeah, you meant you meant it for evil, but God, who, not that He causes any of this stuff, but again, Acts seventeen twenty six. If my life hadn't turned out the way it did, I may never have called on Jesus because things would have been going well. But Acts seventeen twenty six. Sometimes those things that happen in our life, because God can turn beauty from ashes. Um, just like he did with Joseph. Joseph said, yeah, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good, the saving of many lives as it is today. And holding on to bitterness and unforgiveness just makes you get ugly and old and (laughs) bitter and unforgiving. Um, And forgiveness sets you free. And so when he was really nice to his brothers and their families, I'm sure they were kind of like scratching their heads. Because they wouldn't have been that nice towards him. They hadn't been ever. In the book of Acts, Peter talks about times of refreshing. And so many of these people who have been so deeply hurt by people, they don't understand the times of refreshing that are theirs just by simply saying, Jesus, I'm letting it all go. I'm letting it all go. Uh, our, Our flesh wants to get even. Our flesh wants vindication. Yep. Our flesh wants a pound of their flesh. Yeah. But but there's no times of refreshing in any of that. The times of refreshing come only in the presence of the Lord. Well, we've got uh, Jeff on line one from San Antonio. Jeff, thanks for calling. And by the way, I'm already practicing with my yo-yo. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I saw this I yo-yo in here, Jeff. Did you see it light up? Oh, no, I'm just holding it in my hand. I didn't dare, like, try to put it down on the ground and make it come back up. But this is super fancy. I will I will try that in a little bit. I can't believe that Terry McDonald was just on the line, and Arabella, too. You know, people think we, he and I are brothers, so we decided, okay, we're brothers. They want to think it. You know why? Because one of the first Sundays I met him, we were both wearing the same shirt. So we're like we're like – Putting the putting our shirts like okay, all right. Don't wear that shirt again until we say, you know, until we agree on the Sunday, so people really think that we're we're brothers. <laughs> I have to tell you something. I didn't get to I didn't get to go to church on Sunday because of my dumb job, which I'm really grateful for. But I got to <laughs> watch the service. I got to watch the service live stream, and and I saw some stuff that I wouldn't see live. Like, do you know that? The guy Sam that does the, those wonderful announcements, he actually has like a there's like a he's like maybe like Laurel and there's a Hardy there with him that he probably doesn't know about, but the the bass player Ron Littman, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. he just like he just like he like copies everything that Sam says with his face, you know. He <laughs> <laughs> was hysterical. I was laughing at Ron more than I was laughing at at Sam. And I like I don't yeah. know if Sam knows what's going on behind his back. <laughs> That's the only reason anybody's laughing. It's Big Ron. Okay, on the important things. Come here. on, what's the question, okay. man? All right, so the question is: so I'm I'm doing yard work the other day, and it was like getting late at, later in the evening, and 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 uh, I'm just getting ready to go into the garage, and I I hear this. Excuse me. And I turn around, and guess what? It's two Mormon missionary boys. 
and they're oh, like, really? you know, they look like they're 17, 18 years old. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Let me go talk with these guys. Let me see what, what I can rile up, right? So I go over and, you know, those kids didn't even know their own doctrine. They were stumbling and everything. I was like, I was like, man, I want to hear more. I want to hear more. Tell me. So I, I started asking them questions that they couldn't answer, and they were, like, kind of befuddled. But I didn't want to give anything away, okay, because I wanted to, like, I want to take these boys out to Chick-fil-A or something, you know, and I want to, you know, I want to love on them. And I want to see if I can, you know, ask them some questions that are that are going to make them have to come come through, you know, or make them have to to digress and listen to what I have to say. But I know I might not get there, but I wanted your your thoughts on what I could do, because I've given them my phone number. We've been texting back and forth and we're planning to have breakfast or something next week. And there's a lot of information out there, but I wanted to hear you, Pastor Ron, Mama Paula. Yeah, How should I handle this situation? Yeah, Jeff, bless your heart for doing that. You know, I've I've done that. We, we always made it a habit to feed the, the, the kids that came. Um, you know, they're out all day in the heat here and and they're hungry. All, all young men are hungry. And so they would they, they they never said no to a sandwich or to to sitting down and eating something, um, and uh, I, I think it's a great opportunity. What I've found uh, is that when you start asking them questions that they don't answer or can't answer, they will go get somebody who is above them in the church, and they will bring him. And that's exactly what happened with me. And um, um, I got to the point where. Uh, the questions that I had, they had no answers for. And so they just sort of marked my house and stopped coming. And, um, you know, what we want to do is plant seeds. And uh, I think sometimes it's really good thing. That this guy was kind to me. He wasn't arguing. Um, I think the most important approach personally you can take with them, Jeff, is to ask them the definition of terms. Because they'll talk about salvation. They'll say things like, Jesus died for my sins on the cross. Um, yes, I'm saved. They'll, they'll take all this. So ask them as you're talking about that to define those terms. And that will open up lots of opportunities for discussion, fruitful discussion. And I think the best that you can hope for is that you plant some seeds and the Holy Spirit will sort of water some of those seeds. Um, uh, but they've got to decide on their own that they want to know what's true. And most of these are young kids who are away from their home, and they're 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 sold out for this, even though they don't fully understand what Mormons believe. And uh, the the end result is that that uh, the the job is the Holy Spirit. So, as you will be, be kind, feed them, and uh, and when they start talking, ask them to define terms. And ask them, do you know who Jesus is? And they'll tell you. Um, the, the canned speech that they have, but they won't tell you that in the Mormon church that he's the spirit brother of Lucifer. He's sort of the good brother, not the bad one. And um, uh, he's he's not a creator, but created. And I think in that case, Jeff, you can have lots of opportunities to uh, to plant those seeds. I think sometimes we get, Paula, we get to the place where we want to change people we want to win the argument and it's not not that it's an argument but we want to persuade mm-hmm. and i mentioned last night only the holy spirit um can be involved in salvation all we can do is is sow the seeds sow yeah. the word of god yeah absolutely you Paula, know, we've got four minutes okay so just... you know when we went on vacation i was telling you earlier that the things that the lord was kind of giving direction for us is prepare calvary chapel for more and different ministry um but maybe in this case, don't minister to fix them, but that they know that they're loved by the real Jesus. And so, you know, our our job is really to let them see the real Jesus, not in arguing, but in in kindness. Yeah, nobody wins a doctrinal argument. No, no. Sometimes I, you know, I know enough doctrine maybe to get in trouble, but I'm. Sometimes I'm glad I'm. Sometimes I'm glad I'm kind of simple, um, because I I just don't complicate it, you know. And just like, well, I just know Jesus loves you. <laughs> I remember somebody asking, "Do you really believe in these uh, some basic things?" Mm-hmm. And you said, uh, yeah, "Yeah, I do. I sure do." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And see, that's a great gift of faith. Yeah. Jonah was swallowed by a 
great fish. You uh, really believe that? Yeah, uh, I do. I, I really do. I really believe that he was <laughs> thrown up on the on the shore, and I bet the people were scared. They believed this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they were bitter. I keep saying that. You know, um, I, I've started the last couple of, of Wednesday Bible studies challenging our church. Do you really believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fire and they survived, didn't even have smell of smoke? Do you really believe that? I mean, we read these stories and we got the, 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 the stories in our children's Bible books, but I, I'm betting most Christians don't really believe that's true. Do you really believe that a, a human hand appeared and wrote many, many Tekel Parson mm-hmm. on, on the wall mm-hmm. in Belshazzar's, Belshazzar's Feast? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we've got to really look at those things and make decisions. Is this really the word of God or not? Paul, I've talked too much. You're inside two minutes. No, you haven't talked too much. I, I, I come to all three services on Sunday, <laughs> Wednesday and Friday. You do the pastor's discipleship class on Saturday. I, I love watching you. I mean, I prayed for you for 13 years. This is just the payback. <laughs> <laughs> Save this man, Lord, and do something with him. And so I get to listen to you. Um, all the time. You know, I was thinking about uh, Paul's thorn in the flesh when he would get a little bit too full of himself. Um, I'm, this is a question I was I should have waited and asked you at home, but I'm going to ask you now. We got one minute. Do you think those memories, that thorn in the flesh, was maybe his the memories, the faces, and the the live of the lives that he had ruined? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I think that uh, if those things would have been brought back to him in his nightmares or things like that, that would have been the enemy just trying to derail him. Mm-hmm. But his thorn in the flesh, you know, Paul knew so much. He was so smart. And God used him so wonderfully. I think even the great apostle Paul needed a, a, a humble moment. And and that's what it was. And so that physical affliction, whatever it was, mm-hmm. was God's tool. I think we need to be grateful for some thorns in the fleshes. Yeah. Hey, thanks for tuning in. You have been listening to the day-to-day edition of The Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. I'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.